okay, we're drifting a little to the left, let's correct to the right. And so it goes through these computations thousands if not millions of times an hour. And so it's doing its thing, but it gets to New York by being wrong most of the time. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your daily helping. Let's jump forward a bit. We've been doing this. We, we're committed to it. We're spending that time in spiritual self-care, which I'm going to trademark as soon as this episode's over. We are finding those things, our list of yeses and nos, and we are on our way, if not entering our genius zone. Like the Hawks, what are some things that we can do? Because now we've gotten to the new book. So what are the things that the new book is going to teach us how we can stay in that genius zone and live a truly fulfilled life with purpose? Yes, I mentioned commitment early. One reason you might want to read the first section of the new book is it goes into detail about exactly how to make a commitment that creates results, not 10 years down the road, but right now. And so I show you how to do that in the first chapter. The big thing, though, actually, there are two big things. Like uh, the big leap was about two big things, the upper limit problem and the genius zone. The new book is about two big things. Number one, is how to spot what I call genius moments. One of the big discoveries I've made over the past 10 years of researching this more in depth since the big leap came out was that every day, human beings going around in the world get one opportunity after the other to jump into our genius zone or to stake a bigger claim there. And in my experience, most people miss about 99 eight of those. And I show you how to spot those genius moments, an absolutely foolproof way to know when you're getting the opportunity to move into your genius zone. I'm going to describe it briefly here, but I really encourage people to spend an hour or so sitting down with that chapter and learning it. It'll be, like they say, worth its weight in gold to you. Uh, somebody sent me a picture the other day on Instagram of themselves reading my, my book in a bikini on the beach, you know, and I like that. Okay, it was, it was a great picture, by the way. Uh, but I actually encourage you to take it one step beyond beach reading, actually sit down with it in a quiet place, because here's why. It's based on conversations one on one in my office here with people who are making this shift that I'm talking about, who are dealing with their genius moments and learning how to jump into their genius zone. And so it's like a conversation with me right down to here, do this now, do this now, pick up a piece of paper, write this down. And it's very, very clear. But I really recommend that you invest a little time. Most people takes them about an hour to learn it. So uh, let me uh, 
beg, cajole, and implore all of your audience to do the same thing. So the genius moments, that's number one. Number two is how to stay in the genius zone once you've got some territory there. And that takes another little bit of explanation too. But let me take it beyond the metaphorical, you know, like the hawk learning to ride the wind currents is a beautiful metaphor. But let's say you live in a place where there's not much wind and no hawks. Okay, here's what you do. You've made a commitment to bringing forth your genius. That's the starting place. A sincere, heartfelt commitment. That's the starting place. Then what's next? Well, here's what's next. Let's start with a metaphor. Think of yourself as being like the automatic pilot on an airplane. An automatic pilot doesn't get to where it gets to by being right all the time. In fact, it's the exact opposite. If you get on a plane in Atlanta and you want to go to New York, that plane is going to get there by making tiny, tiny adjustments. It has a program in it that says, and the pilot doesn't have to do anything with this. The little program says, okay, we're drifting to the right. Let's correct to the left. Okay, we're drifting a little to the left. Let's correct to the right. And so it goes through these computations thousands, if not millions of times an hour. And so it's doing its thing, but it gets to New York by being wrong most of the time, not being right most of the time. And so what you and I and Dr. Richard and everybody else out here in the world needs to do is learn how what I call spot the drift and make the shift. You have to notice when you're drifting off course and correct yourself back to the original commitment. And believe you me, <laughs> there are lots of distractions, especially in the world of an entrepreneur or, or a person who's trying to do something creative on their own in the world, trying to bring forth something singular, there's going to be a tremendous number of distractions. There's a huge pull always towards spending more time in your bottom three zones, you know, stopping by the such and such machine to help the such and such person repair it that they're not any good at repairing anyway, you know, so, uh, but you know, an astounding statistic, Dr. Richard, is that even the most gifted people in work setting spend hours a week looking for things, just looking for things. Doesn't matter what kind of thing it is. I study the statistics of uh, people who study, you know, performance standards at work and things like that, because I'm always interested in how people are spending their time. And when I saw that the uh, average person spends a few hours a week just looking around for stuff that they can't remember where it was filed or helping somebody with looking for something, I was absolutely blown away. What if you could reclaim that time? Because every hour you spend looking for things outside yourself, look at how much time we spend looking for things inside ourselves, trying to figure out why did I do that? Or golly, how come I, you know, and that's explained very carefully in the big leap. So from now on, if you read the big leap, you'll sort of know why you do those things. But now, once you've kind of got a sense of that, how do you 
anchor yourself in that new zone. Well, this gets us into a big subject. And again, I hope people will really sit down with that section of the book for an hour and give it its due, just like you would an hour of uh, my time if you were to come hire me to explain it to you in person, which I do not want you to do, by the way. I'm completely <laughs> maxed out for the next couple of years. So <laughs> one thing I do not need is a lot more clients at present. So what you will need to do is learn how to do this thing I'm calling spot the drift. Anytime you're not focusing on your genius zone, anytime you're doing something that's not what you most love to do, what you're uniquely suited to do, and what makes your biggest contribution, anytime you're doing that, you're actually in the grip of the upper limit problem. So let's figure out what's actually happening. You're going along on your chosen mission, and then something happens. It could be a cash crunch. It could be a board member flipping out on you. I've had to deal with umpteen versions of that. Back during the 80s and the 90s, I was one of those guys that boards called to sort of parachute in and help them straighten out some horrendous relationship problem they were having. And boardroom problems work exactly like bedroom problems. Once you've learned to solve one, you can solve the other. They all come about the same way. How they come about is you're moving along on your mission and then something happens which makes you get scared. And there are only a few fears that really bug gifted people, people such as yourselves. One of them is sometimes an old fear of unworthiness gets triggered. You know, call it the imposter syndrome. It's very popular to call it these days. But what it really is, is a feeling that I'm unworthy of love or success or fame or money based on some old programming I got 58 years ago or something like that. It's often way down in our unconscious depths. We haven't even thought about it in a long time. And so that is probably the most common thing that happens is it awakens a fear. Another big fear that creative gifted people and entrepreneurs often suffer from is a fear of uh, what we call here outshining, that due to childhood influences, you're kind of afraid of stepping into being the star of your own show, whatever that show is. It'd be a show that maybe nobody else sees as a software engineer that works in the background, but still it's being willing to occupy the fullness of ourselves. Drawing on my English major background, Walt Whitman said, I am large and contain multitudes. And any creative gifted person is large and contains multitudes. And we really need to honor that in ourselves. We need to honor that we're genius inside and that life is really about expressing our full genius and making our biggest contribution to home, to work, to wherever we happen to put ourselves down. I've had some of the greatest conversations of my life sitting next to a person in an airplane seat and where I was literally coaching them through something with their agreement, of course, but they weren't getting charged a nickel for their $1,000 conversation. But what I was getting out of it, like they were doing the same thing with me, because one of the persons I was doing with was the CEO of a, a major food manufacturing company. Well, there was lots he could tell me about business and life. And, you know, because I was 40 years old when I talked to this guy, and he was 70 years old. So he had a lot he could give me too. So if we're open to it, 
we can learn just from moving through life. And that's in a way, a big message of the genius zone is that you can turn your whole life into one big genius moment by the power of your own commitment. If you are completely open to learning and completely willing to make a commitment to bringing forth your genius, your whole life is a process of being in those genius moments and then doing that second thing I talk about in the book, learning how to make the genius move, that, that automatic pilot move of learning how to notice when you're distracted and getting back to the mission or notice when here's a big thing that happens for entrepreneurs. I'm not going to put you on the spot by asking you whether it's happened to you, but I will freely confess that it's happened to me. Oh, just the pain of it right now gets a grip on my chest. I created a very successful business in uh, the year of 2003, 2004, uh, called the Spiritual Cinema Circle. My buddy and I, Stephen uh, Simon, who's a movie producer, he and I had uh, beat our brains out trying to get Hollywood studios to produce more films like Conversations with God or Richard Bach's famous book, Illusions, a very powerful uh, spiritual book, a secular spiritual book, not about a particular religion or anything, but just a, a organic spirituality. Anyway, we were trying to get those movies, and Stephen and I say we got thrown out of more movie studios than there practically are. He had produced successful movies like Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure and Smokey and the Bandits and things like, you know, big hit movies. But when it came to saying, hey, let's pitch a, a spiritually based movie, it was like, <laughs> give me more Smokey and the Bandits. So one morning, I meditate every day, by the way, have for 50 years. I do TM and I meditate every morning and every afternoon, meditated before I came on the air with you, as a matter of fact. And uh, so right after meditation, I had this idea, wow instead of trying to get them, the studios, to produce more of our kind of movies, let's go rent or option movies at, at film festivals that Hollywood won't touch, and we will send those around on CD. CDs was the best thing at the time. There was no such thing as Netflix or downloading or Amazon Prime or anything like that. It was only on DVDs. And so right away, we were financially successful. And within six months, we were making enough of a profit that Wall Street firms, three Wall Street guys came from different firms came looking for us. And so I ended up selling it to a public company for a lot of money. And but what happened along the way, I could have sold it for probably three or four times more had I not made a distracting zone of excellence mistake. We were making so much money doing our business that my old movie producer partner said, hey, let's produce our own movie. We've got the conversations to God's rights ourselves. Let's just do it ourselves. Oh, uh, let's see, we could probably do it for under a million dollars. Great. We happen to have a couple of million dollars in the bank. Well, by the time all the stuff got put together. It was no longer a million dollar movie. You know, it was let's make a two and a half million dollar movie. And then by the time everything, it became a five million dollar movie. Expensive distraction. By the time I got my own head back on the mission, we were already way off course. And it was a major problem to drag ourselves back. Because frankly, making a movie is a lot sexier than running a successful business, you know? And so I really got distracted by that. And it probably cost me, well, I sold the business for $10 million, which was 
good. I mean, I'm not beefing because I helped make a lot of people rich and uh, helped me make me a little richer and help them buy some houses and things like that. But on the other hand, little bit more and not doing that movie, it could have easily been a $30 million sale. So $20 million lesson, ah, breathe through it and learn. Because one thing I've learned about life, the more you're open to learning, the faster you move and the yes. better things happen. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you, and I can't wait to see where you'll go. Absolutely. That, that is a costly lesson, but certainly applies conceptually to anybody. And, and I think anybody, whether they're a parent, whether they're working for somebody else, whether they're an entrepreneur, they would be lying, myself included, if they didn't say they had one of these moments where they got off course and got distracted by something and found themselves wrapped up in something that was out of their zone of genius. So we've all been there. So it's a heck of a metaphor to describe describe it, but, but we've all been there. So I, I know that in, in the book hits on these key eight things that we certainly don't have time to go through all eight, but pick another one or two of your favorites to share with us about how to stay in that genius zone. How to stay in the genius zone has a lot to do with the same things that make you successful in a relationship. There are three things that are absolutely essential, my wife and I have found in 40 years of happy marriage. One of them is transparency, and you've got to become transparent to your own real feelings because that's one thing that can really throw you off the saddle into the dirt quickly. I'm using a metaphor there from my daughter's uh, first horse lesson. She, when she was six years old, she desperately wanted for her birthday to learn how to ride a horse. So on her first lesson, she lasted about 20 seconds before she fell off into the dirt. But I freaked out on the, on the sidelines because I'd never seen my daughter fall six feet onto the dirt. But uh, the, the trainer, just picked her up, put her back on the horse, and they trotted off again. And so learning how to spot when you're falling off is a lot to do with spotting your emotions, what you're angry about, what you might be hurt about or sad about, or what you might be um, particularly scared about, and learning how to be transparent to your emotions. That's key. Number two key in any kind of thing is learning how to spot when you're blaming and criticizing someone, including yourself. Blame and criticism are sure signs that you are not in your genius zone. And so somehow learning how to spot the negative things you do is just as important as spotting the positive things. So spot yourself blaming and criticizing or somebody else blaming and criticizing you. When blame and criticism in the air, nobody's in their genius zone. So acknowledge those fears, angers, and sadness, become transparent to them, 
And instead of running for the victim position and blaming someone, gently and respectfully take responsibility for it. <sighs> hmm. Of all the possibilities, why would I be creating this particular problem? Or why would I be experiencing this particular problem right now? Rather than, hey, you're to blame for this problem. Kind of taking it responsibility for it, but in an enlightened, blameless way. Hmm, being curious about it rather than, oh, what's wrong with me? That kind of self-blame never advances the cause of anyone. So spotting blame and criticism, key thing to staying in your genius zone and jumping out of that, taking healthy responsibility. Third thing, so important. Every person who's listening and watching this, I want you to think of yourself as a role model for other people of investing time in your genius zone. Because unless I could see you through the window in the act of being and doing things in your genius zone every day, what purpose is all of this? You know, the purpose is to spend more time doing the things that you love to do. And so I want to be able to look through your metaphorical window and see that look of smile satisfaction, that whole body smile that people get when they're operating in their genius zone. If you've got that whole body smile going, blessings upon you. Keep doing more of what you're doing. But if not, spend a little more time each day asking yourself, what do I love to do? And doing more of that. Here at the Hendricks Institute, we have found over the years that it only takes 10 minutes to get you started. You could actually invest 10 minutes more in your genius zone, but put it in your calendar. Don't just do it in your head. Say tomorrow at 11.10, I'm going to spend between that time at 11.20 doing what I most love to do and doing what provides the biggest contribution to other people. Love it. I love it. I wish we had another two hours to spend together. Gay, as was the last interview, this has been so fantastic. And as you know, I wrap up every episode by asking my guests this one single question. That is, what is your biggest helping, that one most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? Mm, beautiful question. Your reputation out there in the podcasting world is, Dr. Richard asks the big questions. You know, that's one thing I hear about you out in the world. And uh, so for the new book, The Genius Zone, here's the big takeaway. If you're listening or watching, I promise you, I guarantee you that you get moments every day to break through to your genius. The big takeaway, watch for those moments watch for those moments, especially watch for moments even when you feel like you're getting stuck, where you're not feeling on center in your body, where you're feeling off center. Become to be a one-person awareness machine of those kind of things that are going on inside you. I promise you, down in the depths of the most beautiful part of yourself is that part I'm calling genius, which is that part of you that can do something every day that you love to do that makes a huge contribution to the world around you. And it doesn't, like one of my mentors, Abraham Maslow, said it doesn't matter if your genius is making a genius soup 
or writing a genius symphony. It truly doesn't matter. It's opening up to that part of yourself, which is expresses you at your true best. And that's the gift I want to give you and the blessings I want to give you to live and thrive in that space. I love it. Gay, where can people find you online and get their hands on your book? Okay, good. One good place to get the new book. I've created a special guided meditation that goes along with it. It's about a 15 minute meditation, has music with it, and it goes through five key affirmations that the Big Leap and the Genius Zone make. So if you get the book there, you can download it. It's called GeniusZoneBook.com. Very easy to find, GeniusZoneBook.com. And so if you go to GeniusZoneBook.com, you can put in stuff there. You can buy it from Amazon or any of the other big retailers there at that site, and uh, you'll get it from Amazon and so forth. But you'll also be able to download this particular thing that I think you would very much benefit from. A lot of people use it every day now, the the downloadable meditation. So it's uh, very pleasant to listen to. The uh, second place they can get hold of us all the time, Katie and I had one of the very first websites on the internet way back 20 some years ago now, more like more like 25 years ago. And it's called Hendrix.com. We uh, have maintained a presence there for 20 some years and uh, really uh, add things every day. So Katie's kind of in charge of Hendrix.com. We also have a foundation, a charitable foundation where people give grants for scholarships and fund movies and do other enlightening things. It's called the Foundation for Conscious Living. And uh, you can find that at .org or .com. But Foundation for Conscious Living is a place that has a lot of resources, uh, free resources on things as well. Outstanding. And and for those of you in the car, on the treadmill, we got you covered. Everything we talked about today will be linked in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com for Gay's episode. But Gay, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for coming back on the show. I loved our conversation today. Thank you very much, Dr. Richard. It's been a great pleasure again. I hope to be back. And you can count on that for sure. (laughs) I want to thank each and every one of you as well. If you like what you heard, go subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because that is what helps other people find the show. But most importantly, go out there today and do something nice for somebody else. Even if you don't know who they are and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping because the happiest people are those that help others.